Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. everybody this is james and marco and this is the movie pals podcast podcast number 59 today we're going to be going over what we've been watching we have a to- uh, topic of the week that goes over horror films and then we're going to be doing a review of the new horror film the lighthouse so without further ado let's get into what we've been watching All right, so since it's just the two of us, I guess <laughs> I guess we should actually talk about that. So it's <laughs> I I should probably yeah. just choose you. I mean, I could choose my hat that's staring at us right now, but I don't yeah. think it's been watching much. So uh, Nabil uh, recently moved, so that's why Nabil hasn't been on the last. There'll be this is the second podcast, but he will be rejoining us via um, the power of the internet soon enough. So I don't know if it's one more, or two more, but. That's why we had Mikey last week, and this week it's just uh, Marco and I, because we chose a random horror film that's not playing everywhere. That's right. We promise we don't have Nabil locked up in the closet all tied up. Yeah. We're not. Shut up! He he tends to uh, get a little rowdy in there, so um, I don't think we've fed him yet. Yeah. No, um, we will make sure he's got enough food, so if he's okay next week, we'll bring him back. so. So anyway, James. Yeah. What have you been watching? Um, so I've watched a couple things actually. So mostly I'm still watching Futurama, by the way, as an update from the last podcast. So I'm on season four now of that and that's going pretty well. Like I told you before, it's an easy watch. Yeah. It's what? 20 minute episodes. They, they kind of connect. It's not really a recur. I mean, they do make references to previous episodes. Yeah, I was gonna say they they make callbacks to yeah, previous but episodes, but you, you can yeah. watch any episode in any order and be totally fine and understand what's going on to a point, yeah. and not be like, man, what's going on here? Um, I did see a few movies though. Some with you, some uh, with Mikey, some by myself. Don't know what you're talking about. So I saw the new Will Smith movie, Gemini Man. Nice. Uh, with Mikey, we went and saw this one in the. High frame rate 3D. So this is uh, it was playing in 60 frames, which is a little backstory in this one. The the best way to watch this movie, uh, Ang Lee actually directed this in a way to do like 4K, 120 frames. It's supposed to make it look a lot more. It's different to say the least. Even the 60 frames, because only high frame rate stuff I've done before were the Hobbit movies. Um, all three movies were done in a high frame rate. And, does um, but they were only 48 frames a second. Does so. Hulk make a cameo appearance in this? <laughs> no. This movie's not that good. It's okay. It's basically it's about it's a story about Will Smith is like an uh he's an assassin for the government, right? Mm-hmm. And he wants to retire, but he finds out before he as he's retiring, he kind of finds out the last hit that he did was not all that it was out to be, I guess. Without revealing too much. Like he assassinated somebody that was um, not a terrorist actually, but he was told it was a terrorist. So, so they lied to him. They basically lied to him. But this leads to kind of an issue with the group that is. It's hard. This movie's like really complex, but it's not. But it's basically a younger self of Will Smith shows up and starts fighting him. Like the that's trailer all, shows. That's all, you got, that's all you got to know, basically, man. But Will Smith is basically on the run. His name is Henry, so he's on the run, and he teams up with an ex agent that's also like. Tagged to be killed. Her name's Danny, played by Mary uh, Elizabeth uh, Weinstead, who's really good in this movie actually. And they actually have pretty good chemistry. Like they're they're just like uh, partners, pretty much trying to figure out what's going on with the government and the organization that they work for. There's an organization called Gemini, run by uh, this guy named Clay Varis, which is Clive Owen, played by Clive Owen, his character. I was I was gonna assume it was Clive Owen. Yeah. So he's the one that's making like clones and trying to make like super soldiers that don't have like. Um, any thoughts of killing and that basically they, they remove the gene that makes them have any kind of pain and all this shit too. Just have no empathy or emotion. Basically. Exactly. Okay. So there's a twist to all that, of course, but basically Henry discovers that they cloned him 20 years prior. So there's, he's fighting his younger self. So more at his prime. Yeah. So what about it? Did, didn't you like, um, 
I will say, I'll start with what I did like. I do like the action sequences, especially in the 60 frames a second. It looks really good. Mm. There's a particular scene in the motorcycle where they're fighting each other that you see in the trailer. It looks fantastic. It's almost like you're watching somebody fight and realize, like, holy shit, dude. Like, you're looking through a window. That's how realistic it looks. Nice. Um, I do like sometimes how the guy, younger Will Smith looks like. His name's Junior in this one. So, fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's not de-aging, though, which is crazy. They actually, he's all CG, which is absolutely nuts. So, he's actually, this is quite technically um, quite a feat that Ang Lee did here. So, he's a CG rendering of Will Smith, basically? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it looks good up until the end. The end is like where they ran out of money or some shit. There's an ending scene (laughs) that looks so fucking bad. I was like, what happened here? Jeez. Don't get me wrong. They show a lot of close-ups. They show a lot of scenes where he's in the dark, and it's kind of like it kind of, kind of disguises the look of it. I guess you could say. I, I guess it, it it's one step above what they did with Tarkin for Rogue One. Spoilers. If you no, seen I that. mean that's not even that's totally different. That's de- that's, uh, that's that's them taking like a shots of it from before and then adding it in. I guess. Right. I, I guess you could say that because they didn't de. I mean, because they had to like deconstruct it. Yeah, or reconstruct it, not deconstruct. But but they actually had an actor playing that, and I guess Will Smith did do some scenes, but he didn't do all the scenes, so it's a little bit different. But uh, the plot is pretty weak, I'd say overall. Man, the plot itself is pretty predictable. I would say the payoff isn't that good either. It gets to the point where by the end of the film, there's some decisions that are made that are kind of like, "Are you serious?" You know? Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's an Ang Lee film, so sometimes he has some action sequences that just don't work. This is the guy that ruined Hulk for a few years, so I mean, he's I'm not okay. surprised. I got, I as you know, I have a soft spot for Ang Lee, pretty big. So I know, and Ang Lee's a Oscar-winning director, so he didn't, he he he's making movies now more just to kind of push the technology. That's yeah. why he purely made this movie. So he's doing the he's doing the 4K, the high frame rate. He's trying to do all this stuff. And I mean, I appreciate that. But it's just unfortunately the movie overall isn't the greatest. It has cool action though. I'd say it's at least worth a rent. Right. But the thing is, you don't get the full experience if you rent it because you won't get that ability to see it like how they're showing it on the theater. So it's only select theaters that are doing the sixty, the sixty yeah. frames. Only select theaters are doing high frame rate. Most of them can do it. Only fourteen theaters actually in the entire United States can do the hundred twenty frame rate one. Right. And we're lucky enough, the Metroid actually does it, but I did not see that version. Although, it's only 120 frames in 2K. It's not 4K like you're supposed to see it. So, even then... Maybe maybe it looks better that way. <laughs> Who knows? It, it could. I mean, movement-wise, 60 frames is crazy. I can't even imagine what 120 on a big screen looks like. So, so. Right. Um, I also did watch the horror film In the Tall Grass, which is a um, based on a kind of a short story by Stephen King. This is about... Um, it's a Netflix exclusive film. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. Marco, have you seen the trailer for In the Tall Grass? I haven't. I've only seen on Netflix. I've only seen like the poster oh, of it there, but I've, I've been curious to see it, but I, I yeah. know nothing about it. Gotcha. It is not good. So, <laughs> Damn. uh, basically a brother and sister, Becky and Cal, they are driving along. Becky. Becky's pregnant and they pull over because Becky's feeling like she's got to like throw up cause she's sick. Yeah, having like a morning sickness kind of thing going on. Um, she hears like a little a boy's voice coming out of like the tall grass. Of course. I mean, in the tall grass. Right? That's the name of the movie. Um, <laughs> Good night, everybody. So she's like, hey, like we should like, he's like, like calling for help. He's like, help me, help me. And this, so she, her, uh, her brother and her decide to go in there. And basically what happens is they go in and then they, the grass is basically not all it seems. It seems like time may stop and... They quickly become separated. They can't find each other. Um, Becky runs into another guy named Ross, played by Patrick Wilson, who is supposedly the kid's like dad, but he doesn't seem all there. Like something's going on, and it's a mystery, really, of like what's really going on in the tall grass. It's there's right. a bigger plot to it. I kind of want to spoil it, but I won't. I will say though that it doesn't handle. <laughs> I'm trying to like. <laughs> You're like I have no no respect for this movie at all. Yeah, it's not good, man. It it it's um it's also too long I think, at times mm. it just drags. You're like fuck. At one point I thought I was gonna finish the movie and I looked and I was like I have 50 minutes left. Never mind. Fuck. It's like two hours long I think. That's close. the co- that's the coin flip you take with Netflix movies though. It's it, it's head or tails. It's either gonna hit or it's gonna miss. You know. Yeah, that's true. But I I mean 
I oh, it's actually only an hour and 41 minutes, so that means 15 minutes in, I was already bored. So, um, yikes, yeah, that's true, but it's also it doesn't explain too much stuff, uh, too well on that. So, I would say there's something to do with kind of like time loops in this movie, if that makes sense. And they do a really poor job of explaining it's like a it. classic Stephen King trope, yeah. I would say it's a little mix of like Children of the Corn and The Shining, if that makes sense, but not good. So, I mean, uh, and 11 uh, with the time travel, not even. No, no, okay, that's too smart for this movie. Fuck, this movie doesn't deal with that too well. So, it's it gets to the point where it, it does a lot of the time jumps and it just kind of expects you to be fun. Like, you can't be like looking at your phone while this is going on, or like you have to pay attention to this movie, which I did, and what, I still what are you was to like, say, sir. I mean, a lot of people watch movies kidding. and just at home, and they're like not really watching a movie. You know, they're like, yeah. "Oh, I kind of saw it." Like, mm, well, they tell me about it. Mm, I don't know. But this movie, like, there's a lot of little things that go on, and yeah. you have to really pay attention. And even though I did, I still can't recommend it. I don't think the payoff's good enough either. That's a shame. Yeah, but hey, I'm gonna it, save myself two hours there. <laughs> I won't lie, the trailer looks good. That's why for this movie, you're like, "Dude, what's going on? This is crazy." I mean, it's shot really well, though. I will say that much. Right. But by the end of it, it's a, it's a pretty shitty payoff. So Oh, well. Uh, lastly, what I've been watching as well, I just watched it last night, was the uh, season premiere of Watchmen, which is a, a nine-part series that's coming. It's on HBO right now. And this is a sequel to the graphic novel, Watchmen, which came out in the 80s. So if you're a fan of the comic book, I would definitely say take a look. Or the film, too. Um... Yeah, I would say if you like the film, this one's pretty cool. This this takes place. Um, it's not a sequel to the movie, by the way. Just to let you know, it uses some kind of themes and styles from the movie, right? But it is not a sequel to the movie. It is thirty years after the events of the comic book, and if you've never read the comic book, I would say probably read the comic book before watching this because they right. make a lot of references. Especially, I mean, it's not a spoiler. The book's been out for 40 years at this point, I think. So it's it's more of a direct sequel to the graphic novel itself and not mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah, the movie doesn't percent. exist in this one. Okay. So this is totally different. Good to know. Like I'm saying, they may show some things that look like the movie. Like, oh, Dr. Manhattan's on Mars still. But I'm like, he was in there on the graphic novel too. But yeah, stuff like that. Um, it is wonderful so far, by the way. This show, one episode in, man, and I'm like hooked. I just, I, 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 I literally want to watch more and more of it. Um, the first episode here, it's, um, it's titled "It's Summer and We're Running Out of Ice," which is a line from Oklahoma, which plays deeply into this because it takes place in Oklahoma, and they play a lot on like kind of the race wars going on and the, it's, it's in a alternate reality, obviously, just right. like um, this is kind of the result of what Ozymandias did after you killed all the New Yorkers in the graphic novel and shows you kind of like, did the society come out all right? And truthfully, not so much. There's a lot of issues going on. Like the Ku Klux Klan's running around like freely and shit. And it's like, a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a terrorist group that is based upon Rorschach. And I saw that on the trailer. Yeah, that was pretty the interesting. Seventh I was Calvary, like, oh. And they're white supremacists. So it's kind of like, so it's like the super extreme of, yeah. of Rorschach and, I kind of like that. I kind of like how they show that. Hey, what, what like, what's the after effect of the quote unquote solution? What if it doesn't yeah. work? And because Watchmen has always been like a deconstruction of the superhero's story, and how if it's more grounded and gritty, it's not always going to turn out the way like the heroes expect. It's like it's not just a yeah definitely. A and B this solution. A, yeah, a very gritty look at it. We follow a uh, Regina King plays a lady named Angela Barr, who is an ex-cop, but she's also a mass vigilante. She works with the police. So she follows along with like her ex-chief, which is played by Don Johnson. His name is Judd uh, Crawford. And basically they're looking into the murder, or almost murder of a cop in the beginning of the show by someone from the 7th Cavalry. And they basically are leading along that there's a bigger plot obviously going on. Yeah. Because somebody might be behind all this stuff again, and it's kind of like you got to kind of figure it out. Uh, it's a gritty take on it. Uh, as a as a huge fan of the comic book, uh, I would say this is like a dream come true. This is all so cool that this is playing out. And I mean, it's only nine episodes, so I'm looking forward to each one of them, of course. But man, it's it's really it's well done so far, and and it's just it hints at the end of it like a what's to come for the season. Yeah, and they have a lot more coming through, and then. Um, 
I would, um, like I said, if you haven't read the comic book, I think you could still probably jump into it. As opposed to just the movie itself. Even cover the movie helps. But there are some references that never happened in the movie that happened only in the comic books. That play kind of a big deal. So Awesome. I would say maybe look up like a kind of refresher on it too. Probably yeah, they even have, I know they have the, um, it's like a, a an animated version of the comic book. It's not really like animated, but they yeah, yeah, they, they have like people like doing speaking parts to it. Yeah. And it's like a you might well just, just, just read Yeah, but I'm just saying for <laughs> people who don't have access to the comic book or whatever, yeah. you could find that on probably YouTube or something. I yeah. haven't read the. I read it a long time ago. Like I haven't read it in a while, so yeah. I should probably just like freshen up on it. Yeah, I would freshen up on it. There is a. Uh, just remember that Ozymandias released a squid. So, if that makes sense. I uh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. So he took a bunch of stuff that never happened in the movie. I mean, hey, he's a big blue shit. guy that's naked all the time. Come on, that's Doctor Manhattan. So Ozymandias is the. No, that's right. Alzheimer's is the the super smart guy. That's right. Adrian Vett himself. So, yeah, um, that's what I'm watching. I'm looking forward to the next eight episodes. And, uh, yeah, I really like the style of it all, and I think it's going to be one of those uh, shows, actually, that just kind of hooks you. So Good stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, What about you, Marco, since you're the only other one here? I mean, you don't want to ask my hat what it's been watching? Really? I've been watching everything. He's he's just chilling right there, man. He's just joining us. No, I'm just kidding. I watched the Netflix original movie El Camino, which is also the sequel movie to the hit show Breaking Bad. Oh, and I'm sorry. So you mean El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie? Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> it's a real title, but come on, we're all just calling it El Camino. Yeah. So it's the sequel to Breaking Bad. There's no real way to talk about this unless like i spoil part of breaking bad so if you haven't seen the show or haven't finished it just letting you know there there's going to be partial spoilers on this i'm not going to you know go in in full detail about that but just fair warning you can skip ahead you know a few minutes of this if you want but yeah it uh obviously was directed and written by vince jillian who's the original creator of the show and it stars aaron Pauly, who plays his recurring role of jesse pinkman it takes place like directly after the finale of Breaking Bad. Yeah. So in, you see Jesse Pinkman in an El Camino trying to evade the cops and stuff. And after that, we all were probably wondering what the hell happened to Jesse Pinkman. Or we wanted to see, I guess, a slightly more satisfying ending to the character himself. And that's, it wasn't just the Need for Speed movie he did. No, no, not that. Which a lot of people were like, he went there and he became a racer. I'm like, <laughs> I'll live with that, okay. No, so, and the movie basically takes takes us from there and it really does show you what happens to Jesse Pinkman in the, with the fallout of Heisenberg and his drug empire and with being found out and basically a manhunt going for Jesse Pinkman. There's a lot of flashbacks in the movie as well, and a lot it's of callbacks. Yeah, a lot yeah. of callbacks to characters we've seen, characters that we may have missed, and I'm not going to spoil who these characters yeah. are or what these flashbacks are, but they play a prominent role as far as further developing Jesse Pinkman as a character, and that's actually one of the things that I truly enjoyed about the movie is just when you think that you couldn't know or learn anything more about this character because you feel who's fully fleshed out by the end of Breaking Bad there is more and there's more depth to him you really get inside Jesse Pinkman's head because now this entire movie is just purely focused on him and not Heisenberg at all and man you just forget what a like sympathetic and humane character he really is and what I guess sort of the moral compass he was of the original show of Breaking Bad. And you see his true evolution uh, into a character because he makes a lot of questionable decisions throughout the movie that you're like, wow, that's just something that Jesse wouldn't have done early on in Breaking Bad. But he's grown and he's learned and at the end of the day, he's trying to survive. Um, I'd say if you're a huge fan of Breaking Bad and you have 
marathoned the show or recently watched the show, then this movie is for you because it's a very much a slow burn, like some of the yeah. episodes in Breaking Bad. It's like it's basically I would say it's like an epilogue to this. Series. Exactly, it's yeah. not necessary, but I mean, it's nice that you know now. Yeah, it's a just like you said, an epilogue. You really get a more satisfying ending to Jesse Pinkman's character. And I'd say, you know, for fans out there, this is something that you must watch. Otherwise, I mean, if you haven't seen the show, obviously you're not going to watch the movie. This wouldn't and, make a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. And you probably, if you were, if you did watch the show and you were sort of a fan, it wasn't really like your cup of tea, then this probably isn't for you It's either. not going to change your mind either. Because yeah. a lot of complaints about the movie is that it's slow, that not a lot happens. But it really is like a, a, a delve into Jason Pinkman's mind because, like I said, a lot of the movie is flashbacks, so you're really seeing it from his perspective, and it's it's something that's very interesting. I, for one, really enjoyed it, so I recommend it. Aside from that, I've also seen a few movies with my good buddy James here. One of those movies was Zombieland t- Double Tap, the sequel to 2029... 2009, 2009's Good Zombieland. God, I'm like, oh my God, what year am I in? Uh, t- exactly I'm time traveling now. I know. So You went into the tall grass. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the voices, <laughs> man. Come it was on, my we, fucking hat. We got Zombieland t- toddy top or whatever the hell Marco was saying. So yeah, Zombieland, Double Tap, 2019 sequel to 2009's Zombieland, the comedy horror. And this one's directed by Ruben Fleischer? Fleischer, yeah. yeah. It's the only good movie she's ever done, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. I was going to say that. <laughs> I wrote a review about this, by the way, and I was like, do you notice all his other movies fucking suck? I saw that. He did Venom, by the way. I saw. So. That's one of the reasons I was kind of iffy on this one, but since we're part of the Regal Club... I think he does well with this free. group of actors and actresses, though. Yeah. Truthfully. So, uh, this one stars Woody Harrelson reprising his role as Tallahassee. Jesse Eisenberg reprising Columbus, Emma Stone coming back as Wichita, and Abigail Breslin coming back as Little Rock. And the movie is pretty much stayed up with current events in its own universe, so it has been 10 years later. And the survivors now find themselves, you know, all grown up for the most part. And it's almost like, I kind of agree with what you said, James, in your review. It's kind of like a, the same formula as the first movie. Yeah, it's more of the same. Yeah, so but which isn't necessarily a bad thing, though. No, so all of them have all the characters grown together as a pseudo family. Little Rock is all grown up and has noticed that you know she wants to go out and explore and find people her own age. So, to the tune of the original movie, they she runs away and it sets off a chain of events where the rest of the characters have to go out and and find her and try to survive in this new zombie apocalypse. They bring in like some new elements like uh, on top of the characters evolving, the zombies themselves have evolved too and kind of, right? There's a new breed or there's different classifications of zombies, which is pretty cool and you get to see like a variety of them. Yeah, I wish they had gone into that a little bit more though. They don't touch it. They they mention it more and they show it like, oh, these are the different types, but it's never like a threat. Though. True. It's it's kind of more like a gimmick yeah. that they throw in there because they had to introduce something, I guess, Kind of like strong. Oh, look, these are the T-800s and it's like, okay, I get yeah. it, they're tough, but I mean, they only run in like twice. Yeah. So in the process, the movie touches on themes on, uh, on relationships and, you know, coming together and having closure. And also Vin Diesel's favorite line. Family. Family. Yeah. So that's the main <laughs> That's the main theme. <laughs> Tallahassee, your family. He should have been in that fucking movie, dude. Dude, it would have been great if he had a cameo. He's like, Y'all got family? Uh overall, I really enjoyed the movie. I came in with really low expectations because I I enjoyed you're the a trailer. fucking hater, Marco. Fuck, dude. I am. He's like, I don't know, man. I didn't think you were gonna come. It's like Marco's coming. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because I watched the original hours before, or minutes before joining you guys to see this movie. This was, this and I, I got to really say that that helped. Actually. It was that, really funny, actually. I truthfully, that's why I wanted to watch it because I had just watched it two days prior. Yeah, just to rewatch it. I was like, ah, I should watch it in case in case we were gonna watch it, and then I did rewatch the first one. Because although there isn't much, the movie does make some subtle it's callbacks well, to the original, so yeah. I think that it helps with the experience. There, like I said. There's not much that has changed. It's basically the same formula as the first one, but if it's you fun. are, yeah, if you're, fun, if you're a fan of it, you'll enjoy it. The action sequences are really great. I got to say that they went ham with the opening sequence. I really loved it because yeah, cool. 
it was cool the first movie and this one does just doubles down and i just really appreciated it um the acting you know the performances are really good all the actors have their their time to shine although i also agree with you james that little rock just her, she's her not story too much yeah her story doesn't really flesh out as well and i mean the, the whole three. point is she's trying to find people i get it she finds people her age but it's just kind of like it doesn't work out it's like oh okay never mind no you're more concerned with the other three characters and their story you follow arcs. them or anyways because you're on the tail of little rock the entire movie so. exactly uh the comedy holds up they have a really like shitload of new jokes which yeah. hold up i I enjoy that. I think it so. helps that it they have good chemistry together too. You can yeah. tell like all four of these people are probably like actual friends in real life. Yeah, because I was you know as much as celebrities can be friends, but you know yeah. Because so. with with a ten year gap, sometimes it's hard to sustain that. But yeah. they picked up right where they left off. They've and... always wanted to do a sequel. That's why all even all the main cast had always wanted to do it, but it was in like production hell for years. So I bet yeah. But I'm glad they did it. If you're a fan of the franchise or the first movie thus far. Go check it out. Have fun. If you have doubts, go watch a matinee or at least rent it when it comes out yeah, for rental. It, it's it's, it's a really fun watch. So it's, it's fun. It's it's way funnier than I thought it was gonna be too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Lastly, I finally saw the 2017 drama Lady Bird, which uh, what <laughs> Marco was time traveling. Yeah. <laughs> No, not really. That's fine. That's not even. I was. I just saw Hitchcock films from like the sixties. So yeah. What see? am I to say, right? So I've been putting this off for a while, and I know James really recommended this movie when he first saw it, and yeah. obviously it was one of the uh, Oscar nominees for twenty seventeen. I want to say it was my top three movies. Yeah, Possibly I remember you saying one. that. I don't think it's number one, but it was close. But uh, it's directed by Greta Gerwig. It stars uh, Soros Ronan as Lady Bird, uh, Laurie Metcalf as Mary McPherson. And basically, the movie takes place in 2002 in Sacramento, California. Represent. And it revolves around the character of Lady Bird McPherson, who is a 17-year-old girl that's pretty much coming of age in Sacramento. She's getting ready to go to college and she's basically trying to find find herself, I guess. We're all trying to yeah. figure out what it's direction coming, life coming age. Yeah, what direction yeah. life is taking us. I gotta say I really enjoyed the movie. I I didn't really know what to expect much. I'd forgotten basically everything James had said about the movie because it'd been, you know It's been a while. It's been a while. That's that's this is the same director. Um she also did a movie that you and I liked as well. This previous year i believe 20th century women yeah yes. same one and she's she's doing the little women uh remake so oh no shit that's almost why i'm like man. i actually might want to check that out because I mean, i'm i'm liking her she's work a really a lot. good director man I yeah like her a lot. And she's really young too like i told you yeah absolutely she also she had a part in 20th century women too yeah, she was yeah. the artist chick absolutely mm-hmm. but uh but yeah so we see lady bird and trying to run away from Sacramento because she hates it there. She's tired of it. She's lived there her whole life. And she's trying to apply to different colleges because she really wants to, you know, get away. Yeah. Get away from everything and, and start new. And you see her dealing with all sorts of situations in her hometown that are basically keeping her from, you know, getting accepted to different colleges where she's struggling in class. She's trying to do extracurricular activities. She's trying to get a job in order to save money. So in case her scholarships don't cover, you know, whatever costs when she gets accepted. And then of course she has her mother played by Lori Metcalf who doesn't support her at all or her decisions, wants her to stay in town and wants her to go to community college and stay local and either go to Sac State or to Davis. And heavy themes for, you know, someone who's 17 to deal with. And it, it kind of does hit home, especially if you've lived in an area for, like, more than 10 years. And James and I could relate to that. <laughs> uh, West Coast is the best coast. Right. So. But I don't, know this, I don't know what this chick's problem was. <laughs> Get out of Sacktown, son. But, I mean, like, everyone has been in a situation in their life where they're questioning, you know, their place in life. And whether or not they are where they're supposed Especially to be. Especially when you're 17. Yeah, exactly. Um, when you haven't experienced anything either. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, wait. Which, I mean, they kind of show in a way. 
it really brings back a lot of like memories from high school as well too because she joins she has a lot of awkward moments too yeah like, relatable i'm like yeah been there the the, the direct- i mean i've never walked in on my boyfriend making out with another guy but no I mean, spoilers close. but <laughs> so. Which, speaking of, Lucas Hedges as Danny, I really liked his his role in this as well, too, because I, I like seeing him in... I like Lucas Hedges. He's um, yeah. he's very much the same character in every movie. Ba- dude, basically, this, man. Manhattan by the Sea, and also uh, mid-90s. Yeah. Pretty interchangeable, but I mean, one of these days, he got nominated for the uh, Manhattan by the Sea, so I mean... Yeah, you know, let's see how it plays out. Yeah, but he's just one of those I, like hidden gems in there. Those he's those good. Actors Whenever that, you see him in an indie film, I almost am like, it's about to be good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, the movie really captures the realism of those awkward moments in high school and growing up, having fights with family because you're trying to be more independent and your family, you know, still sees you as a little kid. Uh, I agree with one of the things you said a while back, James, and how the realism of when they're in the middle of an argument and the next minute. They're just having a regular conversation. And if you're really close to your family, that really does happen. Or you have those little, like, off-the-wall arguments, and then the next minute, you're asking each other, hey, what do you want to eat tonight, you know? So, yeah, the movie is very adorable. I, I really liked it a lot. I recommend it. Um, I think it, I think we do have a little bit of bias towards it, since we are familiar with the area quite well, I think. That, that too. That it, was also like they go to a lot of spots. I'm like, I know where they're at. It really is kind of a subtle like love cool, letter though. to Sacramento. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the scenes where she was bashing Sacramento like crazy because I actually like that town. My favorite band's from Sacramento, so I'm just saying, you know, dance give a dance represent. Anyway, uh, check it out. It's um on Amazon Prime if you got it, and if not, rent it and give it a shot. Highly recommend it. All right, let's get on to our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. All right, so for our topic of the week, I uh, I've done it two two weeks in a row now because I haven't uh, ran it by anyone. No, so <laughs> truthfully, I mean, it's I'm a culprit. I've forgotten about the topic of the week, right? No, I I wanted to do this specifically because we're in the month of October, so that is usually the spooky month of the year. I don't know. Shocktober, sir. Shocktober for all the monster movies. Ooh, sorry, uh, Bill's not here to Halloween scare everyone. Is so. next week, so um, in honor of that, I mean, I didn't want to do another like, what's your top three horror films? Because we could have, guys, we could have fucking mailed that shit in for you guys. But guess what? We're gonna break it down a little more. Yeah, we're gonna get a little more deep. So I want to know. This is just like a discussion amongst friends or pals. Um, horror films. What are the ingredients you think for like a successful horror film overall? And like, just talk about like examples of what you like. This can be pretty loose. I just want to give our listeners kind of an idea of like what we look for in horror films. Yeah. Because between the two of you, uh, two of us, two of you. Jeez. I think we probably have slightly different tastes. Obviously, I think I can bear with some really, really shitty movies compared to you sometimes. Mm, yeah. Um, so I mean, let's just start with you, Margo. What 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 works for you in a horror film that makes it, quote unquote, scary or good? There's no. I, I mean, because sometimes horror films aren't always super scary, but they're right. good. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. For for me, the, the movie for one thing, it really and I've mentioned this many times with good horror movies, they really have to be like mind fucks. Like they really, they definitely have to. Like, for example, they, what kind of movies? Like, for example, I'll the Shining you, or something. The, or? Okay, the The Shining and Hereditary, where they really use visuals and subliminal messages or or or, or hidden images in there to really, I guess, heighten your senses and yeah. and instill fear <clears throat> in you. Whether or not you believe in ghosts, whether or not you believe in evil spirits or anything like that, if you can make me scared of something that's fake or fictional, then you've sold me and then you've done a really good job. But at the same time, I don't want it heavy handed. I don't like, for example, many people go to horror movies for the jump scare. Like if you have too much of that, then you're not doing a good job, in my opinion, because all you're doing is you're just giving me horror vomit, which I just don't like. It, I like smart horror where it, it, I guess psychological, if you will, where you're really just a- attacking those sensory nerves in the brain that, that are trying to say, hey, you're scared right now. And yeah. you're actually tricking me because that's that's the whole thing. Like a horror movie is a, like a magic trick to me. You have to fool me. And if you've achieved that, then to me, 
then you've done a good job. At the same time, the writing has to be good, and so does the acting too. Because at the end of the day, it's a performance. It's a work of art. Like if if you're just gonna have like a group of people making dumb decisions in like you know, say for example, uh, man, just name a stupid horror movie. Uh, you were asking me. Yeah, that's hard for like, me to do. I like. <laughs> Like Happy Death Day to you, or no? Happy Death Day is quite good, actually, man. Jeez, or what, what's the other one? Truth or Dare? You know, Truth things. Or Dare th- actually has its moments, but yeah, it's. But I mean, it's it's the it's though the, they're very cliche, you know, where you, they're actually going for the jump scare. They're they're the you have a group of people yeah, again making point, stupid yeah. decisions, you know. Versus but that's that's a trope that's been around for a long time. Though. Exactly, but there's a but lot there's of a, the stories too are like that. Right, but still, that doesn't work for me. Like that's okay. the, that's the thing. You. Like for like The Shining, for example, is one of the movies that we brought up. It's one that I always bring up. But for example, Stanley Kubrick had like uses these angles that really make you feel. Like there's something looming in the background. Yeah. In addition to that, like there's there's that whole thing where every single shot has like a sort of quote unquote face that's staring right back at you that's supposed to instill that. Even um, The Exorcist does that too, where there's images that are spliced into the film that are supposed to instill fear it's in you. It's the devil, yeah. Like, yeah. And like the fact that they actually went out of the way to do that, I mean, again, like whether or not you believe in that stuff, like it's still, it's pretty scary when you're watching it and it's very ominous and, and really gives that, that scared feeling. You know what I mean? I I mean, don't get me wrong. I do like slasher films too. Like I like all the Friday 13th movies. I like all the nightmare and Elm Street Mm -hmm. movies and they're batshit stupid. Yeah. Like, but they don't, it's almost like they accept what they are. You know what I mean? Like they know that, they're not trying with, to be smarter than they exactly. Are, with the exception of the original ones, like everything else is just sort of self-aware and just kind of like silly, but they're enjoyable. They're not scary, but they're enjoyable. You know yeah, what I, mean? I don't think they're. I mean, maybe it changed. When I was a kid, I thought those were scary. So obviously, oh, yeah, same. from a child's point of view to a grown man, I guess um, <laughs> it's a little <laughs> different. Like even Scream's a really good movie. Oh, I've always one. liked Scream though. I, I, I think actually all four are actually quite good. They have their moments. I barely remember the fourth one, but I remember I enjoyed the first three quite a bit. I always remember the fourth one because I saw a midnight screening of it at Berkeley because we got extra credit. I took a slasher film class, as That's some right. of you guys may know, and we got extra credit to see that. I remember Janelli came with me, and it was her first time seeing a midnight film, too. Ooh. And I was so fucking sick. It was insane. Like, I was like super fucking sick, like <laughs> the flu sick, and just so sitting there like, just here for the extra credit, baby. <laughs> And I was like sweating it out. I was like, oh, fuck, coughing every fucking two seconds. Mm, like, that's funny because I have a funny story about the movie we're about to review, too. It's almost yeah. similar. So I think for me, I guess, I don't know. I used to not like horror films at all when I was a kid, by the way. You know, those quote unquote scary films where your parents are like, oh, don't watch this. You're going to have nightmares and shit. And I was like, I want to watch it. Really? I like scaring myself as a kid. Yeah, my parents actually didn't let me watch a lot of shit like that, I guess, when I was a kid. I think I saw like a scene from Bram Stoker's Dracula, the uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, movie. And the 90s one? Yeah, the one uh, which actually is pretty accurate to the novel, by the way. Yeah. Um, where they're like, the bats are hanging and they're like vampires and shit. I remember that was like the creepiest thing I'd ever seen in my fucking life up to that point. That movie's still pretty freaky. I'll give it that. It's a pretty good movie. So, once again, I think for me, a lot of movies have to be kind of. A lot of old horror films don't scare me at all, by the way. Just to start out, we're going to have a little conversation here. Um, like, for instance, I've never been afraid of The Exorcist ever. Really? I've never thought it once it was even remotely scary. Even as a kid, I was like, okay, she looks weird, but I mean, okay. Like once. Which is weird, right? That is weird. Yeah, not once. Yet, when I was in high school, I was watching... This is back when I started getting into watching movies, and I eventually you watch all those movies people make references to, and then as, even as a high school guy, I didn't watch too much horror films, and I was like, man, I gotta hit those horror films eventually one day, because there's so much goddamn references to them, you know? Yeah. And I remember watching the first Amityville Horror and the scene where the chick opens up the window and like the eyes are staring at her is like was like up until that point was like one of the creepiest fucking things I'd ever seen. Because I've always thought for is this horror for the me, original or the remake? Uh the original one actually. So I've always thought because like I have a room very similar to that room. Like, what if I opened up the shades one day and somebody was out on my roof staring at me? Like that would be the creepiest fucking thing in the world, right? 
So I think for me, things that are kind of more grounded is the creepiest weird way to kind of freak me out. Oh, absolutely. Especially when it's something like relatable. So like, for instance, like Jaws is never scary to me because I'm like, okay. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Fantastic movie. But I think also because we grew up past of when it had already been out for years. Yeah. By the time you and I were bored. That we weren't part of the craze of like, oh, we can't go swimming and shit. I mean, we I have saw a little it years fear of later. deep water, so that's why it's kind of freaky for me. Yeah, so See, I spoiler, mean, spoiler, y'all know how to kill me now. So I mean, well, deep water itself is always creepy because you don't know what's in there. But yeah, I think it's because when uh, I was also in college, I wanted to be a marine biologist. It was one of the things I was like, gotta deal with it, I guess. And it's just like, well, fuck it. It's still creepy. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't creep me out as much as maybe like snakes and shit like that. Right. Like I remember Anaconda as a kid, even though that's not even close to being realistic and shit. I was like, holy fuck, what if that snake came through and fucking killed us all? Hey, the snake's out here this big. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, John Boyd. <laughs> it's okay, man. The Anaconda, man. Oh, God. She smelled the blood in the water. That's, I was like, why so is he this Hispanic ways, guy? Right? That's Angelina Jolie's dad. <laughs> so, for me, though, some of the creepier stuff does creep me out. Uh, like, um, for instance... For me, jump scares themselves are not so much anymore. When I was in high school, early college, yeah, that was like, just because you want to be scared, you want to take a girl out to a movie and shit, you sure know? sure about that? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I jump sometimes. I jump a lot, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you do. I can Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes, uh, I've uh, almost killed people, actually, that are with me. I don't know. I like horror films a lot, quite a bit, almost to the point where I, I like I like those shitty films, actually, man, sometimes. Oh, I know. I'll check them out, because sometimes they're actually good. You, you'd be... You know, hard to press. Like, a lot of people probably didn't think the Ouija sequel was going to be any good, but then you look into it, and it's like Mike Flanagan directed it, and excellent movie. So, man, I don't know. It all depends on the director, man. Uh, shows like House on the Haunting, uh, the Haunting of Hill House, fucking fantastic. One of the best shows I've seen probably in the last like five years. That's something I definitely want to watch. I, I highly still recommend haven't. that one, dude. No, the yeah, sequel's that. coming out next year too. That's why. So. Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, Blythe Manor or something like that. And that one works just because it's so fucking creepy. <laughs> literally, uh, spoiler alert to a point, there's hidden ghosts in every scene. There's literally like a ghost in the background just standing in the back. And if you don't notice it, it's just like, what the fuck is going on? But see, that's that's what I'm talking about. Those are the yeah. elements that, to me, make a really good horror yeah. movie. Is when, like they, when they get creative like that. You know, yeah. when, when they insert things and again like that is like a that's a psychological things trick work well for yeah me. especially like the movie the strangers like when the guy's standing in the back and uh live tyler's character is just in the kitchen doing shit and the guy's just standing there and she's not aware and it's like yeah. dude this is creepy beyond all fuck right now uh what was cre- it's what made uh, halloween creepy as well too mike myers just stand one minute he's just right there he's yeah not making a noise and it's it's creepy. It works. It's yeah. better than it does than some of the the jump scares they try to do now because now it's like what I liked about that is it wasn't expected. Now yeah. it's like oh here's the jump scares coming. You know it's it's too yeah. But then they play then they play on it like up. Oh, that's not it. But now it's coming up. It's yeah. Like, okay. See, like but I that, mean that's that's a horror trope. Like I said, and it's one of those things where. If you know what kind of movie you're getting yourself into, you're going to know which kind of movie you're getting yourself into. Right. But, excuse me, there's still room to enjoy those kind of films. I just don't take them as serious anymore, obviously, because yeah. they're just made to be kind of popcorn flicks. It's kind of like watching a romantic comedy. True. It's just kind of there. You take it or leave it. I know it's <laughs> fucked up. Some <laughs> people t- are like, excuse <laughs> me, what? <laughs> you take it You take it at face value. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, I, oh, but, I mean, no. if I don't see it, I don't see it. If I see it, I see it. Eh. I mean, The Big Sick was a good rom-com. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, anyway, that's... different genre. But. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. Uh, I've forgotten the plot. Um, <laughs> Jesus. See too much fucking movies. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's just, Like I said, I was going to go back. Like Insidious has scenes where there's just like the little kid dancing or some shit or walking around the back. And it's like, what the fuck? And I think for the most part, those are the kind of movies that, that work for me. Like the first Grudge really worked for me. I like that one a lot. I like the first Ring. All that kind of stuff. Basically all the movies that ripped off of Japanese horror. I liked the Ring originally when I saw it. And yeah. then after that, I was just like... It's not bad, man. The first one, the other ones are terrible, though. Ring yeah. two and R- rings or whatever. Holy yeah. fuck, those are bad. Yeah. But ring one has a scene particularly that creeps the fuck out of me when they find the girl's body. For, for the most part, I don't think I'm too much of a fan of like a series. Like I those those one 
with the exception of maybe like the shining and doctor sleep i'll probably give that that a shot but i mean i would say the conjuring stuff is pretty good uh, conjuring one and two are really good i mean before you branch off two of the annabelle movies are good yeah see yeah not my, not, not, my, not my cup of tea la Llorona's not that good but yeah they just they don't do it for me man they just i like the one the one-off shots man the, the that just that are self-contained and that have a good like compelling story and that truly freak you out yeah i guess that works i mean i like it's weird some people watch i don't know what people watch where they go to sleep what do you guys watch <laughs> family, family guy simpsons what the fuck you watch? james is watching i will you. literally turn on a fucking like shitty horror film just to like before i go to bed i mean i would do that too. like i get I, would... I never get in the feeling though this is strange I never get in the feeling like, man, I'd love to watch a goddamn Disney film, or I'd love to watch a comedy for uh, tonight. I'm always like, man, I want to watch a fucking scary movie tonight, like a shitty one too. Oh, it's either that or something like serious or mind tickling for me. Like Truth I... or Dare. One night I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch fucking Truth or Dare. And then 20 minutes into it, I said, man, I made a wrong turn somewhere. I'd I would probably watch or Hellfest. One of the Friday Thirteen movies. Two weeks or... ago, Hellfest. I was like, oh, let me watch Hellfest. I'm like, whew. I saw that. Let me not watch Elfie. Dude, that movie sucked. Yeah, I could tell. But that one looked bad to begin with, but I got a free copy of it, so I was like, let me go check it out. I can't Might be as a well. bitch about it. So. Go down the rabbit hole again. Yeah, it's one of those things. I, I Overall, I still think that it just everybody's different. Everybody has their tastes. Um, like I said, I'm more open to just about any kind of horror at this point. I prefer realistic kind of stuff. Like, I loved Hereditary Midsummer. so. Yeah. Those are two those movies are... that are great. Um, Ari Aster is just fucking great yeah which is funny because technically if we like those movies we should have liked what the movie we're reviewing tonight so but it, i don't think it turned out that way and I, I i'm looking forward to our discussion in a moment about that yeah my so, thoughts on that yeah so you know what guys let's get into our review now of the lighthouse what made your last keeper leave he believed that there was some enchantment in the light Went mad, he did. Tall tales. Walk. Walk. What? So the IMDb, uh, the IMDb description of the lighthouse is the hypnotic and hallucinatory tale of two lighthouse keepers on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. This is directed by Robert Eggers, who did uh, The Witch in 2015. And this stars Willem Dafoe as Thomas Wake and Robert Pattinson as Ephraim Winslow. So, Marco, I'm going to ask you here, uh, what do you think overall? Yay or nay? Or... So, I'm going to go with a soft nay. On this one, yeah. I gave it. I mean, I gave it some thought. It's not, man. I didn't. I didn't hate the movie, but I didn't like the movie. But I also can't really like recommend the movie. Like, I can't push for it. And if I can't really push for it and say, yeah, you should go watch that, then to me, that's that's a nay. But it's a soft nay, like I said. Also, there, there's a little background to this too. I mentioned I would call back to the feeling of being sick. I just got my flu shot before we went to go see this movie. And I'm like, I'm going to be fine. It's the whole first half head. of the movie, I had a fever. It's all in your head. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, it's the warming here. caused him to get crazy. No, no, no. Hypnotic I had a fever. Halluc- I was fucking dying. and hallucinatory tale I was, of uh, two guys I went to San Francisco to watch a indie horror film. Li- literally, literally, like. In the 2019 <laughs> 
<laughs> Literally the first. As soon as the movie started, I was like, oh, shit. I made a big mistake. I almost turned to James to my right. I was almost going to tell him, bro, I got to go. I don't know where I'm at right now. But I, I don't think that really added to my opinion of the movie. It might have made it better, actually. <laughs> Dude, I'm living through these guys' lives. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm really warm. My back is warm. The back of my neck is warm. Just my let you guys know, warm. my back was warm, too. The theater is a little hot, okay? I mean, but, dude, I was burning up, and I'm trying to figure out what the fuck am I watching with this movie. I mean, it the didn't help. Marco had a cigarette in his mouth. He <laughs> no. was like... One of those things going Chugging on some book. whiskey, and yeah. I had a flask in, in my shirt, you know? And it, it's... It's definitely a film. I getting back to seriousness here. Like I would say, is a kind of a art house indie film. Obviously, yeah. There, I mean, there are things that I appreciated about the movie. There, I'll I'll start with some of the good. The performances were great. I think Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe had great chemistry. I think that their acting skills were very very good. I was looking forward to watching this movie mainly because of Robert Pattinson and because he's been cast as the new Batman, and I. I know that he has more talent beyond the Twilight movies, and I've seen excerpts and clips of that, and I actually wanted to see a full-blown example of it. And I got to say, I was really impressed. I mean, the, the guy gets a hard rap just for some shitty movies he made to make some money. Who wouldn't do that? And he Even actually like can't 10 act. years ago, too. Exactly. Like, uh, Willem Dafoe doesn't surprise. He's good at playing fucking weirdos. So, I mean, he you know true. excelled there. The cinematography was great. The fact that the the Eggers directed this in, in black and white, he went out of his way to really make it look like an old timely nineteenth century, early twentieth century. Even like type that movie. opening shot of like the boat, it's like, man, this looks like a yeah. movie from like the twenties or thirties. Is this a silent film? The atmosphere, the ambiance is, was creepy. They have this constant ominous horn going off in the background. Let me tell you, when you have a fever and you're watching this movie and that horn's going off, you feel like you're going to die. I'm just letting you know right now. But um, that was pretty creepy. The 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 shots that Eggers chose for some of the scenes I think was great. The visuals were great. But it's just I, I felt like Eggers was trying to be a little too cryptic and a little too cute with the story. Not cute, but he, he just tried to be you know, a little too artsy for my taste. And I'm just like, okay, man, like give me something, throw me a bone here. Like I enjoy the team, the the themes, but I didn't really enjoy the way that they were presented, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense Uh, for me. um, It's hard on this one too. As much as like, I'm supposed to like this movie, right? That's what like, I'm like, it's got a high Rotten tomato score. This one just didn't do it for me again. This is a nay for me. This is not a soft. This is a hard nay. So um, the movie, it's a slow burn as well. I'll say that much. Um, I do like the performances. Don't get me wrong. Just like I agree with Marco, Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, fantastic in this movie. They do a great job of kind of showing what could happen to two guys or kind of left behind on an island. And yeah, what happens after a month? I mean, you might be friends one day. Next day, you're... You know, you're getting pretty suspicious of each other, especially Willem Dafoe is kind of the guy in charge and Robert Pattinson's the new dude. Yeah, it has so. that, that element of claustrophobia and cabin fever. Oh, yeah, definitely cabin into one. fever big time. So, I, you know, I like that because obviously those, those are elements that other horror movies have used. But, yeah. yeah. I, I don't even know if this is a horror movie. Like, is it scary at all? No, it's more like a psychological it's thriller. stuff, I guess. But yeah. I, never want, I mean, I did jump that one time. Yeah, only because Will yeah, Devote's crazy. James. Only Will Will Devote's crazy ass pops up somewhere. I was like, oh shit! I did not see that happening at all. Um, I did like the cinematography, the black and white. The aspect ratio is shot in a different format, which is almost fucking unknown at this point. Yeah, which works to kind of create that kind of uh, this is what happens. Uh, there's very little dialogue at the beginning, and as the two guys kind of start to get to know each other, you start getting more dialogue between the two. You start understand there's kind of more to Robert Pattinson's character. He's not quite who he seems to be as well he has a bit of a mysterious past which is slowly unraveled and kind of maybe explains why he starts going mad or they're both kind of going mad in a way um it it hugs that line where is you know willem dafoe you know thomas going mad or is it ephraim or is it both yeah and it, it i like that element of the story and the fact that you kind of like struggle with that so. yeah it's one of those things where 
you question if what you're even seeing is real at times, which I mean worked as a narrative kind of way to show uh, the character perspectives on things and how nuts it is just to kind of be in their situation. So it's I you you kind of feel for them by the end of the film. It's like it it ultimately gets way over the top, obviously. Yeah. But um, I wanted to bring up something though, because uh, I had you watch The Witch before this one, and I rewatched it as well. The twenty his uh, Edgar's first film. Yeah. Which wasn't a short film. And I know this is it's not really going off topic because I think it goes in one and the same with style style and kind of the way he presents stories. Um, what did you overall think about The Witch too? Then, man, it was okay. Yeah, have you heard people? Some people love this movie. I, I gotta say, same as what I think about this. I like the way it's shot. I the the performances are pretty good. The the level of detail that Eggers goes in order to capture the the dialogue and the oh, dialect got, from yeah. those times. I got I I give him props for that, but the the story, man, I just like think the, the, the witch the, is a better movie. I like it a little better than Lighthouse. I'll give it that. You can follow it along a little easier. Yeah, too, I mean, you yeah you can, yeah. but I want to say, I mean, uh, Ari Aster does it better. That's just my opinion. You, I, I these feel like, two are often compared because they came out with movies the same years too. Yeah. I think and are very close to each other, and they're. Because releasing sequels at the same time. Aster does a good job at making things cryptic, but still giving you something to go off and letting you come to your own conclusions and interpretations with this. And I don't Eggers think Eggers does that. To it's, the 1890s. He like he just stonewalls you all the time. We're just yeah. like, okay, what am I supposed to think about this? Like, I have no like actual thought of this. It's just like, what? Well, the I fuck think am the I lighthouse watching? is more like. Um, what can happen with two guys and when there's no way for them to kind of unleash their inner desires and what can happen and how mad you can go in a way. And I think the witch is about, um, the, the way that people can get, especially back then where if you don't trust other people as well and what can happen when you become so paranoid Yeah, that this can lead, I mean, do you, are the events of the witch even happening? Yeah, they probably are in that movie. It's a little more direct. I mean, like, true. Yeah, he left you know clues here and there in the background. Yeah. Like when they're picking corn, they have fun, a type of fungus that's supposedly could develop hallucinate, hallucinate, yeah. like it makes you hallucinate, and has been tied historically to what has been interpreted as witchcraft in the past. So, I mean, I like that, but it's just like okay. Yeah, I still think they. I mean, the witch is more of a horror film than the lighthouse. I'd say. Um, there are some particularly creepy scenes in that movie. I mean, the Especially, the elder witch is fucking creepy. Yeah, I mean, she's I'll give her that. Basically, yeah. There's, I mean, even just scenes where uh, the main girl is Black Philip. Also, the goat is kind of creepy. And Especially just, when he becomes the devil at the point, and he becomes a man, and he grabs her, and he can see the black hand. I was like, this is beyond creepy. <laughs> when he's talking, yeah, and uh, that like, I will say that that is kind of creepy, and I was like, yeah. ooh. Yeah, I I want to go to bed now. Yeah, and I, I would say that that's that even when the girl's playing the baby, like looks down and she's just gone. Like, oh shit, right? So yeah, and the and the baby's getting crunched up in the next scene. But I mean, again, so. were they hallucinating or did it really happen? Yeah, I mean, I, it's I, up mean, to, I, I mean, I mean, still though, it seems I, pretty direct that it did happen because she's off paying out witches at the end of shit. But, I mean, I don't know if you've had a hallucinogenic trip. I mean, that shit could happen too. Yeah, I don't know if you can imagine seven different people out there too though. I don't know. I've had it's, people. I think it's a little more direct. They have, but, I think it's a little more direct than but, um, the lighthouse because the lighthouse never, at least, I mean, the witch I think has more of a overall arcing plot that you can kind of follow along with, and you can true, but it's still it's hard to chew and it's hard to follow, and it's like you have to really. I will say seeing it twice has helped because my first time around I was exactly like you, and I I hated it. I thought it was terrible, like beyond like unwatchable. It's, uh, okay, it's not that. It's just it. It's a hard watch. Like you really have to be in the mood to watch these movies. Oh, yeah. But let me I'll tell you this. I could pop in Hereditary or Midsummer and I'll enjoy those movies any any given time. Yeah. Different I don't styles have to though, be in the mood. once again too. True, but it, it different styles or different interpretation of those styles, but almost Which similar I think goes with our topic in a way. I think it yeah. helps Hereditary. I think Ari Aster helps that his movies are set in the uh, present day. A little more relatable as well. Something that we could see ourselves possibly caught in. While The Witch and also 
I would say, um, also, by the way, sorry for the drums there, guys. The local high school is really close to our new location here. It sounds like they're having a goddamn football game so, or something. Sorry. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, I don't think it's going to pick up too much, but in case you're hearing it, I just wanted to bring it up. Um, I would say that uh, Eggers films are more of kind of like a folktale. That's kind of the way you look at it. And that's and it, yeah. for some people it works. For some people it doesn't. Truthfully for me, it doesn't work. I mean, I did. I Although I like The Witch the better the second time around, I will say this much that I still am not a fan of this guy overall. Don't get me wrong. He's doing some cool stuff. And his next film's on Vikings, so I can only fucking imagine how that's yeah. going to play out. So. I, I say, hey, kudos to him. Yeah. He's trying new things, and some people are loving it. Not my cup of tea. Yeah. I just... Exactly. Same here. Yeah. Same here. Uh, let's let's move into the uh, spoiler section, Marco. All right. So, spoilers here, guys. I mean, we've already kind of talked about it here with how the film portrays things as well and what could be imaginary or not. Overall, what did you? I mean, we kind of already touched on it. That's not even a spoiler. But for instance, is is Willem Dafoe's character Thomas? He's somewhat already addicted to the light in a way. Yes. And it seems like the light itself, which I will say is one of the more creepier scenes, where uh, not just Thomas himself, but uh, Winslow when he's up there and he's at the very end of the movie, he's just screaming like the top of his lungs. It's probably one of the better shots in the movie. Yeah. And it kind of must be like some kind of horrific thing, which is never revealed to you. He's also reaching in too, so it could be he was fucking burning his hands. <laughs> I just, oh, I was God just like, so I mean, I'm just saying they've been there for a while. They're drinking they cabin oil fever. shit too. Exactly. Who knows what's in there? They, they probably, they're probably hallucinating. They're probably tripping balls, and you know, like someone who's you know all messed up. He's reaching in. It's a lighthouse. Yeah, you know, who, but I mean, even Thomas is doing it in the beginning though, and kind of has the same kind of effect before they even have been there. One, the first night, he's already doing that. So true. That's what I mean. It's like, but I mean, Thomas has been there before though. But I mean, is Thomas up there? Or is he just or imagine is Thomas, Thomas in up Winslow's there? Head exactly. Why exactly. does he lock the gate? Right? Because I mean, at one point he sees like tentacles up there, some slime. <laughs> I mean, apparently Slimer from I, Ghostbusters. Again, it's, it's one of those. That. It's another. It's one of those movies that really plays with with your mind as far as like like you were saying, like what's real and what's not. Like yeah. what's he imagining, what's he not? Because at one point, Winslow is even like kind of sleepwalking. He wakes up and like Thomas is naked above him, beaming his eyes. It's it's yeah. a lot of imagery going on. It's almost he's almost. I don't know if this makes sense to you or not, but have you ever seen like old statues of like Poseidon? Yeah, it looks exactly like that. And I mean, he even references himself as Poseidon at one point. Yeah. When he's like drunk, and it's almost like, or is Thomas himself like a mermaid king or some shit? He even I mean, there's some stuff like on his chest that yeah, looked like he a has barnacles. He's like yeah. barnacles and all this shit. All yeah. Over. So I mean, is it real? Is it not? I I I do like those moments because it does make you think. I. It's a little too much though. Yeah. I, I mean, I like how Eggers gives you the choice of do you want to interpret this as they're hallucinating they're not they're tripping balls or do you want to interpret this as it is real this is what they're seeing and it's just he's like he found a crazy. mermaid yeah a merman well the mermaid lady no well, he saw the mermaid too oh, he definitely or saw the i mean lady. even trust me the, <laughs> yeah they show everything <laughs> yeah i was like oh, so no, if you cool. ever want to see merpuss you're gonna see it so i'm just saying okay uh, it's it's there we're in spoilers we can spoil it the, or the very end scene when he's being eat, eaten alive by all the seagulls. I mean, it could be it's he's like a probably, revenge one. Yeah, he could or have been dying, the whole time. been dying the whole time. And yeah, this is a flashback, right? Exactly. They, there's ways to interpret it that way. He could have fallen. I mean, when he falls back from the lighthouse, when he gets startled the first time, yeah. and he thinks he sees Thomas there, maybe he could would have died then, or maybe he fell all the way to his death, and he's just imagining everything else because yeah. he's already going insane. That's a way to look at it. I think you could interpret it either way, truthfully. Yeah. I think, truthfully, he just went mad, went up there, fell down a whole fucking flight of stairs, and just died. Yeah. <laughs> he fell hard, too. Then the water out. came in. I mean, the tide rose and washed him out to I mean, to they, shore, I think Thomas even tells him at one point that when he passes out before he's about to go home, he's like, it's been like two weeks or something. Yeah. And that's when it starts getting real kooky. It's like, how long has time gone by? Because it seems like... Even Thomas is bringing up how long has it been? Has it been a day? Has it been a week? How long? It seems like it's been months. Two months. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, I mean, once again, it's almost like as a viewer, you're just kind of along for the ride, just watching t- this dude go crazy, basically. Yep. So, uh, any closing thoughts really on this one, then, Marco? I mean, if you're as the drum roll goes on behind us, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're 
the anticipation. Okay, they can't Nick wait. Can, Nick Cannon's out there going drumlines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're a fan of horror or psychological thrillers, then yeah, give it a shot. Yeah, if like, you want to see this and see Midsummer. Yeah, actually, Check I'm the Apple I'm, TV version. It's a director's cut. I'm that close to just saying that. I mean, Midsummer was just a. It's it was fucking great. I mean, that movie took place in broad daylight, and it scared the shit out of me. So I'm just saying. This one technically took place in broad daylight too. Couldn't tell, bro. Black, <laughs> black and white, baby. I mean, if you're Lots really curious, rent it, I guess. But I, I can't. Like I said, I can't really push this movie as a recommendation, yeah. and that's why it's a soft nay to me. Would I give it another view? Of course I probably would, but I'll probably wait because, like I said, I'd probably watch Midsummer 20 times over before I give this one another shot. I gotcha. So, you know, check out uh, The Witch, too, if you want. That one's a little more kind of grounded, like James is saying. It'll give still, you kind of a taste of what you're going to kind of deal with, I would say, too. Yeah. That's why I really wanted you to watch it before that for um, The Lighthouse, just to kind of get a feel. Because even going into The Witch, they... Advertise that movie is much different than it. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it or not, but it makes it look like it's a no, crazy like, I only saw the horror uh, film, only saw the poster. The poster was freaky, which is basically the end shot of the movie. I'm like, yes. why would you use that as a poster? Well, you would never know until you see the movie. I mean, you're waiting for it though. It's a fucking nude witch, yeah. basically, or her silhouette, whatever. Uh, for me, I will say that I, I'm just echoing Marco for the most part. Uh, it's a rental at the very least if this even remotely gets to you i know it's critics love this movie it's it's creepy it's weird they're saying but i think for most people this is still an art house indie horror film quote unquote you know that most people will not enjoy i think most of not saying our listeners of course because i know you guys are all fantastic people and um, of course educated and <laughs> you love these highbrow indie films hey no, I'm fucking you around. know who loved this movie who the hat the, oh, hat the, loved, hat, the hat really loved it. And Bill's just giving us a virtual thumbs up. Yeah. It's a film that maybe maybe if I watch it again, just like oh, I saw The Witch, I, I appreciated it more. I didn't particularly like it still overall, but it's one of those things where, I don't know, maybe when his next movie comes out, we go back and rewatch these first two again just to kind of get a taste and be like, mm, maybe we'll wait on the, <laughs> oh, the Viking one. <laughs> In preparation for Vikings. Yeah, we'll be like, eh, maybe we don't need to see this. I mean, if you do <laughs> want to see uh, Robert Pattinson masturbating furiously <laughs> in a tool shed... Uh, you could also see this one more more so. than one time. Yeah, he's just beating that some bitch down. Anyway, uh, so that is the end of our review of the lighthouse, guys. Got a little weird there at the end. Um, thanks once again for all the listens, guys. Uh, our Joker one did incredibly well, by the way. So oh yeah, everyone know. So thank you Very once again so. for that. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Check us out on our social media on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Movie Pals Pod. And if you check us out at Google Play Music, iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Thank you very much for all the love we've been getting, as James said. Uh, thank you for liking, sharing, and listening to our previous Joker episode. Hopefully you give this episode the same amount of love and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, stay tuned for next time. We're going to be our episode 60. Uh, we're going to be doing the new action film i guess you would say terminator dark fate so yep that's the one marco's really looking forward to it so until next time guys this is james and marco have a good one